This is Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the radio program, Warning. My wife, Adalia Hansen, is teaching the staff at World Ministries International on our prayer night on ancient paths. Now sit back and enjoy this message. Today I'm going to share about the ancient paths. So if you read the book of Jeremiah, chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you'll find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. So in my moment of searching and seeking for God's guidance and how I would like to carry myself or walk in his ways and not move the way other people are moving in this time and just be in the right path at this time to prevent my heart from being grieved or let a lot of bitterness enter into my heart or walk the way other people walking, especially the Christians now, that they are very shaky, they're lukewarm, and some of them have already fallen away from the faith. So I was asking the Lord just a few days ago on how do I stay in this path and not waver or be derailed. And this is the verse that I was given, that to stand at the crossroad, and what he was simply asking me is to ask of the ancient paths. And if you hear the word ancient paths, we're not talking about 1950s or 1960s. We're talking about from the beginning. We're talking about ancient things. And we all know that God was, if you read the book of Daniel, he's called the ancient of days. So I was really crying unto him and telling him, I don't want to walk like the way other Christians are walking right now because of many times of the things that have been laid in my heart concerning how people, Christians as well, will be surprised in the days of judgment when we walk before God, when we have already left the earth and we stand before Him, how we will be so surprised on the things that we will be judged by. It really made me afraid because I was just telling Him, I don't want to be a part of the people that you will say to me, I never knew you. I have this hunger in me to walk close to God, to walk with Him closely to a point that I become nothing and He becomes something, to a point that it is Him that people see and not me. But all of this calls for the flesh to die. The flesh has to die before you're able to walk in this kind of paths. And Him telling me to ask of the ancient paths, this specific verse, is to look at how the other people in the olden days walked with him. If you see how the Christian life is right now, it's really changed. People are not walking the same way. It's so different from pastors to believers. Anything that has the name Christian on it is so different. Everything has been changed. There's a movement. They call it the modern movement, the modern Christianity. But the truth is God is not in it. If you seek the Lord and ask Him on the way that we should walk, He'll always direct you to the beginning, to the old ways of how His people used to walk. All this thing of modern music. There was a time I was like, oh, we need to go all modern and worship like other people do with lights and stuff like that. 
but no. If you look at it this way, how did the Israelites were able to provoke the presence of God to enter into a place that people fall and they cannot even be able to contain His glory, His awesomeness. Right now people go sing and people clap and there's nothing in it. We sing, we praise, we go back home, we are still the same old, same old people. And ask the Lord, what is it that these people did so different? Because that is what I want. I want my flesh to die, that you live, Lord, that I may walk with you. We have been asking so many times with pastor that we want to start revival meetings. But if you look at the people who started revival, even many years ago, people have already gone to be with the Lord. These people walked with the glory of God. You could literally see when somebody walks in the room, you could literally sense this person is so anointed. But right now, it's more of about who is greater, who is known, who has the best message, who has the best voice, and all this nonsense that we have in the church right now. And also even during those days when even if you look at the command that God gave the Israelites to be able to take care and also take care and look not on the foreigner like a person who has no rights. But there's a way he told them even when a foreigner comes in they have some rights that they're given like the Israelites were. But now it's not so. There's so much hatred in people right now. Just a lot. Unforgiveness, bitterness and all that. So these are the words that I received and I just want to share with you today. My point is it's, it's going back to the beginning. And what made ordinary men to walk so powerfully with the Lord? These were ordinary people. It's not about somebody who has a degree or has PhD. It's not about that. When it comes to God, those things don't matter. What matters is, is this person willing is his heart fully for him, in that he's able to release his spirit unto this person and use him in a great way. It wasn't all these things that we are upholding in people. If you look at the disciples, these were just mere fishermen that God just called out and he released his power and his anointing and his authority on him and they made so much impact and they changed things from generation to even till now we're still looking at them and trying to imitate or be like them. They change from an ordinary person to someone who walks powerfully. I am an ordinary person. I came from a poor background and all this and all that. But I said, Lord, I know you brought me for a reason that I may be able to show other people that you can call somebody ordinary and use them for your glory. But I told the Lord, do not use me if you know that I'm going to stand and be so proudful that I, it's all about self, that I want my name to be known. If I am going to be like this, then don't use me. Examine my heart, O Lord, and search my heart. Because David always asked the Lord to search his heart. Examine the things that are in the heart. These are the things that are hidden in the hearts. And the Lord was just telling me how there's so many things that prevent the Spirit of God to move in someone, to be able to go from one level to another. And he says some of these things can only be known when you spend time in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you speak in tongues. When you speak in tongues, you speak in tongues, but don't stay there for five minutes. You have to keep pressing on. And that's when you'll hear a voice. There's a verse that says you'll hear the voice in your ear and he'll tell you this is the way walk in it. So as you consistently continue speaking in tongues, the Lord will be able to tell you the things that he wants to be removed. You will hear, even in English you will hear. When you continue pressing, you will hear this unforgiveness that you need to deal with. 
that you have to keep pressing on, this bitterness that you have to deal with. But as long as these things, little foxes that are in our heart, we will not be able to do what we want. We've been constantly praying here, Lord, let us move so powerfully and move and all that. But what God is wanting us to do is to deal with some certain things in our hearts first before he's able to break out from us and be able to touch other people. Otherwise, we'll be coming into this room every single Tuesday praying and there's no impact. We have to go back to the ancient pathways for us to be able to make an impact in Stanwood or in the world as pastor goes traveling. And it's not just about pastor, it's about each and every one of us. We are in the last days, we're not going to rely on the pastor to do everything. It is us, everybody, from the young, from the old. The Lord wants to use every single person because time is of the answers. Because pastor cannot do everything by himself. He needs us. When Jamie goes to wherever she goes, she might meet someone. And the Lord will be able to provoke a word in her to speak to another person. When you go to your rides, when you're riding your bike, the Lord might do that. There's his name is Timothy Hurd. I've seen what he has been doing. He's just going about and he's laying hands on people. People are getting healed. He's not a pastor. It's not like somebody, like he has a church that he's leading. No, this is an ordinary person. But he's so much intertwined with the Holy Spirit that he's laying hands on people and people are getting healed. Somebody who actually was mad that had mental problems was shouting near their door and he just went and held that man's hand and rebuked that spirit and that spirit left him and the man became sane and started to speak to him. This is just an ordinary person, not a pastor that has a church or anything. What the Holy Spirit is trying to do is to use each and every one of us, but we have to give up ourselves to him to use us. Live this modern Christianity nonsense. Live it alone. Even when it comes to worship, they have changed the worship into something else. Now it's about the feeling and not about glorifying God. It's about the feeling they get. I used to be in the world, and there's some songs you could see and you hear, and you just want to dance to it. And that's what the Christian music sometimes is all about right now, is to dance to it because of the tune, not because it's glorifying God. Even the songs that we sing or the songs we listen to, it should be songs that really provoke the presence of God. There are people out here that would sing a song. Somebody else would sing a song, but that person would probably sing a song and the glory would just fall on those people. But I sing a song and everybody just claps and afterwards nothing happens. Why? There's a reason why this person was able to provoke the presence of God. He has totally let himself to be used by God. He has removed roadblocks from preventing the flow of God to move. And that's why he's moving so mightily in this way. He doesn't even have to have a good voice for that. It's not about to have a sweet, smooth voice to be able to make people feel, oh, she has a very nice voice. No, it's not about that. But it's all about the anointing. The Lord just laid in my heart that there's an ancient secret these people had. And it's just in the Bible. The ancient secret is called the anointing. And the anointing is not what people are thinking is. The anointing is the empowerment of God. It's the empowerment that comes by the Holy Spirit. He empowers you. Whether it's in business, whether it's in church, whether it's in fellowship, whatsoever it is, it is a supernatural empowerment that comes from God. That's what it's called the anointing. Abraham was able to release himself to the Lord. He was able to be empowered by God that his faith is known till this day. 
Sometimes you might feel that you're so little, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's that boldness that rises in you, that you're able to speak so boldly. You can shock yourself. You go like, what did I just do right there? <laughs> because that is the anointing of God that is working in you. But like I said, that's the main concern of the Lord. I want to use wealth ministries. I want to use you, Adalia. I want to use pastor. I want to use people in there. But they have to get through the roadblocks that are there. We may come here and we sing along and we clap and we eat our chips and Cheerios and we go back to the house and then nothing just happened. It's not that. We don't want that. We want something more because it gets boring when we keep coming here and the same old, the same old, the same old. It gets boring and we lose time. And the Bible says, redeem time for the days are evil. Redeem time. What I'm trying to say is, and it's not just about speaking in tongues and that's it. It's more than speaking in tongues. It's like you have to flow. It's like if you have water like this. If it sits here for a long time without being used, there will be some algae and all and smelly and all that. It has to keep flowing. As it comes in, it flows out. It has to be constant. It's not something that, okay, now I know it's baptism, the Holy Spirit, I'm speaking tongues, two, three seconds, I'm done. It doesn't happen that way. These people stayed in the presence of God. David sought and sought the Lord, and he was ever in the presence of God, soaking in the presence of God. Elijah withdrew from people, and he was with God. These are the ancient path that the Lord is talking about. Not a five-minute prayer. Not two seconds of praying in tongues and everything. You go like, okay, it's done. Nothing. It's just a smoke that was lifted up, and nothing happened. It's a constant thing. I know we are busy. But even at night, some of us even sleep at midnight. We're just busy on Facebook and all other things. But we could take that time and take the Word of God and sit in His presence and meditate upon the Word of God. And even if it's just two verses, read it. But now, press on that by speaking in tongues and being watered. You have to be constantly being watered. You'll be amazed in the things that you see. Even when you go to sleep, you lie down. You'll be amazed at the things that you see. You being ordinary as you are, you'll be amazed because that is the promise of God. The Holy Spirit is the promise of God to us, to every believer. We're not talking about pastors and all that. Mm -mm. Every single one of us. Right now I'm seeing people that are coming up. These are just ordinary people, but the Lord is giving them visions on what is to come into America. They're seeing it. They're not pastors. They're just, there's a 19-year-old boy. There's a 16-year-old boy. There's a 5-year-old girl that she's telling people what the Lord showed her. These are children that are just, they're in the presence of God. They've released themselves into the Lord. But they're making impacts because there's a connection. As you see somebody else in another country or another state sees, and there's a connection, and then you'll see the truth to it, that truly it is the Spirit of God and not another spirit that is communicating these things to these people. It's all about the activation. We have to be activated. The Holy Spirit in us, the anointing in us has to be activated. Remember when the disciples were trying to cast a demon out of a boy? And they tried everything, and there was nothing happened. But Jesus, when he came from the mountain, he just built the Spirit, and the Spirit just came out of him. But he was upset with them. How long would he tolerate them? And he asked them, and he was upset with them. These are people who have walked with Jesus, but could not be able to do it. Learn from the life of Jesus. He said, learn from me. This man named Jesus was ever, always in prayer. He ever withdrew from people and he spent time with his father. 
that when he came, these other things were very small to him. He just goes rebuking, bam, it goes like that. It's not even about rebuking a demon. We have that. We have people who are empowered by that. We have people like Jamie, let's say she works at the office. When a divine empowerment comes in her, that even she, when she even prays with somebody over the phone, that person will feel the effect of the Holy Spirit. We'll know that though she's not Dr. Jonathan Hansen, but that person will feel this lady has something to offer me by the way she prays, by the way she talks with them. There's something about what the anointing does. When you speak to someone, the person will literally feel the effect of it. You would truly know this person spends time with the Holy Spirit. The anointing is there. It's unquestionable. Even if it's a janitor, somebody who's wiping the floors, and you just meet the person, and the person says, can I pray for you? And the person just prays for you, and you get healed and all that. Don't look at what the person is doing. What is the person offering in terms of spiritual impact he has on you? I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for the Holy Spirit. I really am. And it's something a day and night that I ask. I asked, and there was no answer until this verse came unto me and said, now ask of the ancient paths. And when you ask of this, and you'll be told and you'll be given, now walk in it. There's nothing that will be impossible to you. Nothing will be impossible. Because truly I've had people saying and have that dreams that a die you'll be able to hold a person who's on a wheelchair and just lift a person up, a person will just go walking. But it's not something that I'll just wake up in the morning and do it. I have to invest in the spirit. Because the devil is not a small boy that you could play with. This is a person that was there in the ancient days. So people go like, oh, they're busy saying, oh, he's a fool. And I don't even know what people are saying. You as a human being, you're busy insulting. He's a fool. He's so stupid. And all that. I'm like, you don't know what you're saying. If you read the book of Jude, he said, these people don't even know what they're saying. Michael was able to tell him, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't go insulting him. He said, the Lord rebuke you because there are principles and protocols in heaven. You just don't go opening your mouth. That's why God says, go back to the beginning, learn from it. Then you'll be able to be wise in, in his dealings. They go like, oh, the devil with his mother-in-law. Who told you the devil has a mother-in-law? I don't even know what these preachers are saying. My goodness. But if you want to understand what I'm saying, go read the book of Jude. It's only one chapter. Just go through it. Then you'll understand what I'm trying to tell you. Some of us want the anointing and we, we see preachers and we want the preachers to lay hands on us and we want to start, let's say I want to start casting out demons. I go to Pastor Hanson, he lays hands on me and I go like, no, I have the impetition. Now I start holding people. I rebuke you, come out, come out. It doesn't work. You have to invest in the Spirit of God. Once the impetition has happened, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, there was tongues of fire upon them. But there was prayer and there was investment of prayer. These are prayerful people. Even when they were in prison, they prayed. When they were bound, they prayed. When they went about their missions, they prayed. I wrote an article, there are two things if you know you're under attack. Your prayer life, if you know you're praying for 10 seconds and go to sleep, you're under attack. The devil's not going to touch you when you're like that. When you're busy praying for 10 seconds, he won't even bother with you because he already got you. When you know that you've not been reading the Bible, you think, well, you still have your job, you're still paying bills, nothing is happening, and you think he's gone. No, he's right there with you. He got you. Two things that you know you're under attack, the reading of the Word of God and prayer life. As long as you know when from here you eat your chips and just go straight to bed, you're under attack. The enemy knows when you have these two things, these are like missiles in the spirit. When you have your prayer and you have the word of God, these are missiles in the realms of the spirit. And as long as you don't have this, you are powerless. You won't be able to do nothing. 
You wake up, go preach your word, go back to sleep. You did nothing. You lay hands on people. You go like, I'm straightened. The person is going like, my arms are straightening up. You give up and you go away because nothing happened. These people invested in the spirit. They walked with God. Look at Enoch and Elijah. People are busy praying. Oh, God of Elijah, come down and consume. It is true. It is the word of God. But what kind of right do you have to speak like that? If you don't even invest in the Holy Spirit, you don't invest your time in him. You have to walk with him. It's an intimacy. It is a relationship. And that is the ancient secret these people walked. These people became one with him. It's like putting sugar in hot water. The sugar dissolves and, and then it becomes sweet. Why? The people just literally dissolved into the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit walking and not them. They're just carriers of the glory of God. They carry the glory of God. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I know of some African pastors, very few, a handful. But I'm telling you, these people, even if you hear them speak for two sentences, you could feel the full power impact. Even when they just walk into a room, you don't hear about them. They're not famous or anything. But my gosh, they carry the glory of God. And if the Lord would open your eyes as this person ministers, you will see an enemous angel just standing right there with him. When he moves like this, the angel moves with him. Every move, they're walking with him like that. And they see the angels. They interact with them. The Lord appears to them by night and they have conversations with them. It's not something that comes very easy. I was reading the book of Leda Hansen. That is pastor's grandmother. I admire that woman. This is a person that literally dissolved into the Holy Spirit. Like she's non-existent, but it's the Holy Spirit that was walking. The Lord will appear to her and they will have conversations. Even tell her of the things to come. Even the day that she was about to leave the world and go, she knew of it. Because the Lord told her, it's time to come home. This comes with intimacy. This is not time to be just a regular modern Christian. No, it's not. Because if tribulation is to happen now, you will not survive. You know, people are having this perception in their head that, okay, since I'm born again and everything is okay, I have the seal of the Holy Spirit and everything will be... The Bible says the people that endure till the end shall be saved. If you don't have the full power of the Holy Spirit in you, when they hold a gun to your head and they say, deny Jesus, you will deny him. You will deny him because you don't have the Holy Spirit has not gripped you to a point that you'll just say, you know what, I'd rather die for the sake of the Lord. There are people who are saying right now, Oh, when it happens, I will not take the mark of the beast. Fine. But when that time comes right there, right in your face, how sure you will not go running and say, I give him up, I'll deny him. I'll tell you of a story before I end, that there were pastors, there were seven of them. I think it was in Russia, seven of them. They were very persecuted and they were arrested. And day and night they were tortured. And they reached a time, it was cold, you know a place how cold it is. And it was snowing. And then they were taken to a small lake and the water was so frozen. And they were placed in that water, seven of them, halfway. And the person that was in charge sat down and he had warm clothes and the fire and he was smoking his cigar and stuff like that. And he told them, just deny Jesus and come sit here, get warm and all that. And they started dying one by one because they turned blue. I think their blood froze. And they started falling one by one. 
But what happened is the person was sitting there waiting. The Lord opened his eyes and he saw angels coming from heaven and they had crowns on their head. And as long as one pastor dies, the crown is placed on that one. And the second one died, the crown was placed. When it came to the seventh one, the angels started going up and down, up and down, up and down. And he was wondering why. Why was the angels going up and down, up and down? The person was not dead yet. It's because inside the person he was battling. I think I should deny him. No, I should not deny him. I think I should deny him. So angels went back and forth until he said, Okay, I deny him. I don't have anything to do with him. And the angel went back with the crown. And when the man saw that, he dropped everything and he said, No, I believe that Jesus is Lord. And he went to the place of where the pastor was. And he stood there. And then he died. And the crown was placed on his head. But this other one denied him. That's why I'm saying the one who endures till the end. Because the other six, they were grounded in God. They were grounded in the Holy Spirit. They were anointed. They were grounded in Him that they would rather lose everything than lose Christ. I'd rather lose everything. And it's so easy for them until the last breath. But this other one, he didn't endure till the end. It reached a time he was like, no, I don't think I can do this. And he decided, no, I deny Christ. We all can say all we want. Because when they start torturing us, I don't think it's going to be an easy one. If they start torturing us like the way they torture people, some of us will really walk away and say, no, I deny him. But there's someone who's literally grounded. I would rather lose everything. Like the song we sang last Saturday, give me Jesus. The world can take everything, take it all, but give me Jesus, the person who literally be able to confess this and live it, not just confess it, actually live it. You have to be ready to deny the world with everything it has to offer and say, give me Christ, give me Jesus. And when you say deny everything, it's not an easy path. When somebody literally attacks you, like what happened to me and pastor just recently, I would literally, if I was not grounded, I would be in so much pain right now. I will not be able to sit here with you because of the so much hatred. I'll be filled with hatred to the white person. But no, I said, Lord, I'd rather have you. This heart beats for you and nothing else. Let them call me all they want. Let them call me a walking ape if they want to. But Lord, as long as I have you, I have everything that I want. I'd rather lose my dignity and my reputation and lose everything. But if I lose Christ, I have nothing to live for. I've told him constantly, me sitting here is because of him. I would have died a long time ago, but he delivered me. But he didn't deliver me for me to live as if he did not do anything or live in a worldly way. He delivered me so that I would continue walking that path, a very hard path. And even if I have to crawl in it, I have to. But I have to constantly draw from his strength. Otherwise, I will lose hope. But I have to constantly draw from him the strength, the love for others. Even when you're stabbed by people, people are busy attacking from right, left, and center and not be able to answer back. The ancient path is people were attacked in those days. The men of the Bible were attacked from Nehemiah. They had people conspiring against him. David had people conspire, even his own son. But what did he do? He went and hid himself in the pavilion of the Lord. If he goes back attacking with so much anger and he's like, Oh, I'm going to destroy you, Absalom, and all that. Uh-uh. You go hide in the presence of God. Hide in him and let him be your greatest defense. From people, from whatever, the public, from offices, every types of things that are attacking you right now. You have to hide in the pavilion of the Lord and let him defend you. When he said, consider the ancient past, how did they handle it when they were attacked? How did they handle it? 
That is what the Lord is asking. If you are attacked, go back to the ancient past. See how they handled it and let God defend you. Don't go just backing at them. And then you, the Bible says when you answer a fool, you look like a fool yourself. Did you enjoy today's program? My telephone number is 360-629-5248. That's 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. This program is entirely listener supported. So please help me to stay on this station. Once again, 360-629-5248. I'll see you tomorrow.